this morning is going to be another unique one. We're in Genesis. Uh, we're not going to preach through the whole book of Genesis, at least right now. That's not our plan. But to go to the, through the first 11 books uh, of, or chapters of Genesis, which are sort of the natural break in the book, the, usually called primeval history, early history uh, that it accounts for. And then at 12 on, recounts the history of the patriarchs when God begins uh, his redemption plan through uh, Abraham's covenant and, and on. So we're just going to be Genesis 1 through 11. Can you hear me? Is this on plenty? <clears throat> okay. So uh, just in, as a reminder of why we do these, we've taken our cue from uh, what Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.13. He says, until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, exhortation, and teaching public reading of Scripture, reading it aloud as we're all assembled. Now, we, wouldn't ha- we don't have to set aside a Sunday and only do that. We do it every Sunday. We read Scripture, and then we exhort and teach from it. Um, but we have found it b- beneficial for a number of reasons to actually take a Sunday and for an extended b- block of time sit and hear uh, the entirety of the book that we're going to be preaching through, or as much as we can fit in a service uh, like this morning at one time. Allows us to not forget the forest for the trees as we dive into these passages from week in and week out, remembering the whole and beginning with it in mind. Um, so that's why we're doing these, and that's why we're here this morning at our reading service. So thinking about Genesis 1 through 11 um, and how we could prepare uh, for this particular book. There's narrative here, there's stories in here, there's genealogy lists in here, uh, an historical record. Um, It's a unique sort of book that we're going to hear read. Um, Listen to this. It's a short excerpt from Kent Hughes. He's a pastor for many, many years, College Church in Wheaton. And his commentary on the book of Genesis uh, lays out um, really what, what the book is about. He says, in the ancient times, it was custom to name a book by its opening word. And so that's the case here, what Hebrews did in titling this book, Bereshith, which means in the beginning. That's just the first word of the book, they said. That's the title, in the beginning. A couple years, hundred years later, or a few hundred years later down the line, it's translated into Greek, and they, they give it the name Genesis, which is basically means in the beginning. And we've just kept that in English, taken that same word, we call it uh, Genesis, in the beginning. But um, here's what he says. He says, it is the perfect title for this book because... Um, this book gives us the genesis or the beginning of a number of things, like the doctrine of God, a doctrine of God that rose to tower high above pagan notions of the day. It's the genesis of the doctrine of creation, which also rose above the crude mythologies of the day. Genesis gives us the beginning of the doctrine of man, an understanding that from the beginning we were both wonderful and awful, he says. And it also, we get the the beginnings of the doctrine of salvation in Eden, and then it's developed throughout the whole of this book of Genesis. So what we know about God and creation and ourselves and salvation all begin here in these opening chapters of Genesis. We get the theological pillars um, that the rest of the Bible stands upon. And he says, even this, Jesus the Messiah has his prophetic genesis in the opening chapters, as we'll see, chapter 3, and the announcement that one day he will come and what he will do. We get all in these opening chapters. All right, I was a little late to the party. I have young kids, and so I don't get to the theater right when movies come out. So over the break, Betsy and I finally got to go see Rogue One. Anyone see Rogue One over the Star Wars Rogue One? Okay, well, I was amazed at seeing Rogue One at how totally captivated I was by a movie and the story that I knew at the very beginning how it was going to end. 
I knew it was going to be successful, this exciting movie about this mission to get these secrets to the rebels so that they can destroy the Death Star. From the beginning of the movie, sorry, spoiler if you've never seen the original Star Wars, but the Death Star is blown up. So from the very beginning of this movie, I know that they're going to be successful, but nevertheless, watching, I was totally engaged and captivated by seeing it recounted how this mission began. Well, this, the Bible's not a made-up story. It's not myth or fantasy fiction or sci-fi or whatever. It's history. It's the true story of God's redemptive plan. The difference, a huge difference is in this story, we're the rebels and the rebels aren't the good guys. They're the bad guys. And God's redemption story is how is he going to rescue the rebels from themselves? And this is all laid out in the opening chapters here. Now, we know the end from the beginning. We know about Jesus and the cross and the empty tomb and how he goes about crushing the head of the serpent and then offering us uh, a chance back into the blessing he created us for. Uh, but it won't spoil um, the beginning as we read it uh, here for you this morning. A couple of cautions. One is that this is we've got the most familiar Sunday school stories ever in these opening chapters, uh, many of which are etched in our minds with flannel graphs and paintings. I remember in the first service that when we first got in this building, the nursery, we painted over it. It was like the happiest, sunniest picture of the flood and the ark that you've ever seen, and all the animals are smiling, and there's no sense of there's dead bodies underneath the boat, right? They didn't paint that on the wall. Well, we have some sanitized sort of pictures of some of these Bible stories in our heads, and, and reading this again is going to remind us um, of the sobriety of, of the beginnings of our story. Um, this line, Romans 5.20, Paul writes, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. And that's a really great summary of what we see in Genesis as the story is going to unfold. Every time sin increases, we seem to see God's grace abound all the more. The theme of the Bible is right here in Genesis. So, just a tip again, how do we listen best? Um, you might be different. I'm a visual uh, sort of learner, and so it's really hard for me to just close my eyes and listen. It's helpful for me to open my Bible and follow along. So if you're like that, open your Bible. If that'll help you stay engaged and not just tune out and start thinking of other things, do that. If that doesn't help you, if actually looking at the text in front of you causes your brain to wander off on rabbit trails of, oh, that's really interesting, and then you pick back up two chapters later, close it. And just listen and, and watch as it's read. Whatever helps you in be, uh, stay engaged, do that. Um, we're going to pause at a few points. Sometimes we're going to sing. Sometimes Jesse and Noah, they're just going to play a little bit of music to give us a 30-second or minute time to just digest mentally what we've just heard. So take that time. Um, don't, don't think somehow one of us forgot that we're supposed to be reading. It's intentional. Stop and think or pray about some of the things you know, I found myself at a couple of the scenes that we, in the first service of, of Cain and Abel and some of these heinous sins, find myself actually praying and saying, Lord, I have the roots of all those things in my heart, jealousy, competition, conflict, and, you know, these things. Pray maybe out of some of these things that we've read. Um, uh, some questions to keep in mind. What am I learning about God's character as it unfolds? What am I learning about myself and the world that I live in? Uh, from these stories? What am I learning about God's purposes uh, in these opening chapters? 
And last preparation here word is genealogies. This is the first reading service that we've come to. It's got two big genealogies, lists of names and ages and all the data that can make us just tune out. Uh, and we decided we're going for it. We're not just going to skip over chapter 5 or chapter 10. So brace yourselves. There's some weird names. There's some numbers and data. But a couple of suggestions on how to be edified as you listen to a genealogy. As the names are coming by, let it remind you that God is a personal God. This is his story. These are real people that he knows by name, that he's recorded for us to remind us that this story happened um, on this earth. I don't know if I ever told you this story. Levi, my son, my older, my two sons, when he was a couple of years back, whenever I'd be reading a story and he couldn't tell if it was fiction or nonfiction, his question, he'd say, Dad, did this happen on the earth? In other words, is this real or a made-up story? Well, let the genealogy remind you these things happened on the earth, like really to real people. And God knows these people by, knew these people by name, and he knows us by name. And we're part of the same story that, that is connected with this. So hopefully that edifies you, reminds you of the, the personal nature of these boring lists of names. Um, and lastly, this. Notice both the repetition and when it breaks from the repetition. So there's things that will repeat, lines, every time. At a point, you're going to be able to say them along with us because it keeps saying it the same way every single time. And rather than tuning out, notice what is being reinforced by the things that keep being said over and over and over. That's important. And then when it diverges from the pattern, let's take notice of the things that, that are different, that suddenly goes, wait, just when we think we know what's going to be said, it doesn't. And pay attention to those as well. So uh, let me pray. And uh, at the end of this time, we will have a couple of minutes, and I'm going to actually invite you at the end, try to keep it to just a sentence or phrase or two. Um, what are the impressions that you're left with after hearing these opening chapters read? Um, and then we'll leave. So let me pray. Uh, your Holy, uh, God, we pray for your Holy Spirit to help us. Uh, uh, the Bible says, Lord, that your Holy Spirit helps us when it comes to your word in some different ways. It, it, give, it illuminates. It helps us understand what we're reading and us to make sense of what we're reading. You've written in such a way that we can understand with your help. Pray that that would happen. Uh, your Spirit's also engaged with our heart as we come to your word. And I pray that you'd humble us and help us to submit and yield ourselves um, under the authority of these things and to receive what is uh, explained to us here and taught to us here uh, and to trust you in it um, for it to have an effect on our heart, not just our brain. Uh, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's begin. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse, 
and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning, the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over the livestock, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, 
In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground, and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the Pishon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Bdellium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then... The Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam... 
there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is, bones, uh, is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden of, in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he said, because you've listened to the voice of your wife and you've eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it. All the days of your life, thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. 
and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword and that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Now, Adam knew his wife, Eve, and she conceived and bore a son, Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain was a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry. And his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you. But you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. And then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you've driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Well, then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. And then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. When he built a city, he named the name of the city after his son, Enoch. To Enoch was born Erad, and Erad fathered Mehujael, and Methuselah fathered Methushel, and Methushel fathered Lamech. And Lamech took two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other Zillah. Ada bore Jubal. He was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all those who play the lyre and the pipe. 
Zillah also bore Tubal-Cain. He was the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. The sister of Tubal-Cain was Naamah. Well, now Lamech said to his wives, Ada, Zillah, hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. Listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, well, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth, for she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them and named them man when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh. Seth lived after he fathered Enosh 807 years and had other sons and daughters. And thus, all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he fathered Kenan. Enosh lived after he fathered Kenan 815 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. When Kenan had lived 70 years, he fathered Mahalalel. Kenan lived after he fathered Mahalalel 840 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Kenan were 910 years, and he died. When Mahalalel had lived 65 years, he fathered Jared. Mahalalel lived after he fathered Jared 830 years, and he had other sons and daughters. And thus, all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years, and he died. When Jared had lived 162 years, he fathered Enoch. Jared lived after he fathered Enoch 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. He died. (laughs) When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and he did not die. (laughs) Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he fathered Lamech. Methuselah lived after he fathered Lamech 782 years, and he had other sons and daughters, and thus all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he fathered a son and called his name Noah, saying, Out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Lamech lived after he fathered Noah 595 years and had other sons and daughters. 
Thus all the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. After Noah was 500 years old, Noah fathered Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Well, when man began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose. And then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them, these were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he'd made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I've created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I've made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark is 300 cubits. Its breadth, breadth 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind, two of every short sort shall come in with you to keep them alive. Also take with you every sort of food that is eaten and store it up. It shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. And then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household, for I've seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and his mate. 
and seven pairs of the birds of the heavens also, male and female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of all the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth, forty days, forty nights. And every living thing that I've made, I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters came upon the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Of clean animals and of animals that are not clean and of birds and of everything that creeps on the ground, two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were opened, and rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. On the very same day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them, entered the ark. They and every beast according to its kind, and all the livestock according to their kinds, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, every winged creature, they went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh in which there was the breadth of life. And those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. Well, the flood continued 40 days on the earth. The waters increased. They bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed. And increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters, and the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the heaven were covered. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them fifteen cubits deep, and all flesh died that moved on the earth. Birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind, everything on the dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life, died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground. Man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heaven, they were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind to blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained. And the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of 150 days, the waters had abated. And in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. And the waters continued to abate until the tenth month, 
In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. At the end of forty days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent forth a raven. It went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. And then he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the earth. But the dove found no place to set her foot and returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him anymore. In the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out. And then God said to Noah, go out from the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth, went out by families from the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Well, God blessed Noah and his sons, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they're delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I have given you the green plants, I give you everything. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood, And for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Uh, From his fellow man, I will require a reckoning. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. And you, be fruitful and multiply. Increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. It is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you 
that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it should be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all the earth. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Well, the sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and of these people, uh, the people of the whole earth were dispersed. Noah began to be a man of the soil, and he planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine, and he became drunk, and he lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, father of Canaan, he saw the nakedness of his father, and he told his two brothers outside. Well, then Shem, uh, Shem and Japheth took a garment, and they laid it on both their shoulders, and they walked backward, and they covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned backward, and they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine, knew what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan. A servant of servants shall he be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth and let him dwell in the tents of Shem and let Canaan be his servant. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. All the days of Noah were 950 years and he died. Mm -hmm. So these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras. The sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Ripheth, and Tagarma. The sons of Javan, Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, and Dodanim. From these, the coastland peoples spread in their lands, each with his own language, by their clans, in their nations. The sons of Ham, Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush, Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Reamah, and Sabteca. The sons of Reamah, Sheba, and Dadan. Cush fathered, whoop, that's you. These are my names I get to say here. Cush uh -huh. fathered Nimrod. He was the first on earth to be a mighty man. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. And therefore, it's said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. How many times, right? Has that been said? I say that about Justin sometimes. The, the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Eric, Akkad, and Kalna in the land of Shinar. From that land, he went into Assyria, and he built Nineveh, Rehoboth-ir, Kela, and Rason between Nineveh and Kela. That's the great city. Egypt fathered Ludim, Anamim, Lahabim, 
Naphtahim, Pathrasim, Caslahim, from whom the Philistines came, and Kaphtarim. Canaan fathered Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, and the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Arvidites, the Zemorites, and the Hamathites. Okay, no. Afterward, the clans of the Canaanites dispersed, and the territory of the Canaanites extended from Sidon in the direction of Gerar as far as Gaza, and in the direction of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboim as far as Lasha. These are the sons of Ham by their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. Well, to Shem also, the father of all the children of Aber, the elder brother of Japheth, children, were born. The sons of Shem, Elam, Ashur, Arpachshad, Lud, and Aram. The sons of Aram, Uz, Hul, Gaither, and Mash. Arpachshad fathered Shelah, and Shelah fathered Aber. To Aber were born two sons. The name of the one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. Joktan fathered Almadad, Shalef, Hazarmaveth, Jera, Hadaram, Uzal, Dikla, Obal, Abimael, Sheba, Ophir, Havala, Jobab. All these were the sons of Joktan. The territory in which they lived extended from Mesha in the direction of Safar to the hill country of the east. These are the sons of Shem by their clans and their languages, their lands and their nations. These are the clans of the sons of Noah, according to their genealogies in their nations, and from these nations spread abroad on the earth after the flood. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. And then they said, Come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language. This is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they will propose to do now will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they may not understand one, other, one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. 